refusing to be silenced. It's the only unfiltered media podcast in America. This is Trash Talk. And now, here he is, your boy, Blind Mike. I could have sworn I had him say blindsidepods.com in that intro. But... Trash Talk is, as always, presented to you by BlindsidePods.com, the Blindside Network, which, I have to tell you folks, has added a new show, On Tap, hosted by co-founder, my partner, my partner in broadcasting, and my partner in life. Uh, Ryan James is hosting a uh, movie and beer review podcast, so uh, he's doing kind of a cool thing, like, basically different uh, beer to review every week that he drinks as he's telling you. Uh, about the movie he's reviewing uh the first episode is up i thought it was good even though like so here's one thing to keep in mind is uh i think and this is something me and ryan discussed as we launched the network uh there will be podcasts on here that uh listeners to my show don't like and there will be podcasts that listeners to uh say ryan's show like listeners to ryan's show might not like my show um, and that's cause we're pretty, pretty different personalities. Uh, but I think a lot of you guys, if you give it a chance, um, will like it and some of you won't. And, uh, the reason for that is we want to put a, a, a wide variety of content out there for you guys to choose from. So, uh, you know, listen, if you like it, leave a five star review, all that stuff. And uh, if you don't, you can keep listening to this podcast. There's something for everyone here at the blind side network and also possibly Another show joining us. Uh, my buddies at the Minifan show, dragging their feet a little bit, but I think uh, they're coming aboard. I'm not, we're, that's not 100% worked out yet. I'd like to have them. Uh, they're doing a very good job. So uh, that'd be nice to have them on the site as well. So check out blindsidepods.com, the fastest growing podcast network in America. We just doubled in size just by me saying that. So. A lot of stuff to get into today, guys. Welcome back to Trash Talk. I don't know why. I, I never understand why podcasts feel the need to introduce themselves. Like, say, I'm Blind Mike. This is Trash Talk. Because you clicked on it. You're listening to it. It's not like you accidentally stumbled upon another radio. But I am Blind Mike, and this is Trash Talk. Topic number one. People were asking me to discuss it, and uh, I was ready to discuss it. This Jussie Smollett stuff. And if you haven't heard, Jussie Smollett is a, a name you're meant to mispronounce. It's not Jesse, it's Jussie. And he's, uh, he's on the show Empire on Fox, a show I'm not particularly familiar with. Uh, I know of it, and I know it gets uh, very good reviews. I think Terrence Howard, is he still on it? I know he, it started with Terrence Howard, who's a very good actor. Um, by all accounts, it's a much better reviewed drama than anything else on network TV. You don't get a lot of good network dramas, but I know Empire has uh, had a lot of good buzz around it. So a successful show on network television. Jussie Smollett is, again, I don't know the show that well, but I assume one of the lead actors or one of the uh, key supporting players. And uh, he's uh, uh, an African-American gentleman and a uh, gay gentleman. And he was attacked, for those of you that don't know, in uh, Chicago, or I should say reported an attack. Um, he said that uh, two white guys in Make America Great Again hats 
uh, jumped him, said, this is Trump country, uh, tied a noose around his neck, and uh, beat the shit out of him. And uh, this was about at 2 in the morning, which he uh, he was walking to Subway across from his hotel, which a lot of people find a lot of things about this story weird. The part that I thought was weird was a 2 a.m. Subway run for a celebrity, no less. You know, you'd think you'd have some finer dining options, even at 2 a.m. You're in Chicago, for Christ's sake. Subway. Now, I'll admit, I've, uh, I've been reduced to the likes of uh, Domino's at 2 a.m. when that's the only thing open. But you'd think there'd be something higher than Subway. So that's really how you have to question the guy's morals and his integrity. That he's making a Subway run at 2 a.m. That's the first thing that should have had your peepers opened. Uh, so... A lot of, then a lot of people thought the, the story was weird because uh, his story changed a little bit when the cops asked for his phone. He didn't want to give it to them. When the cops showed up on scene, he still had the rope around his neck, which is a little odd. And his reasoning was he said uh, that he wanted he wanted the cops to see how the rope was. And it's like, they pretty much could have gotten it. If you told him, hey, they tied a rope around my neck, I think you pretty much got the visual. You don't have to sit around for an hour. He waited an hour to call the cops also. So that's a little odd. But again, when you're looking at these cases, you have to say, well, uh, uh, victims in in situations like this often behave irrationally or, or, or not how you would expect to behave because a lot of us haven't been in that situation. So you have to say, okay, he waited an hour. Maybe that's a little weird, but whatever. But then he wouldn't give up his phone. Um, his story kind of changed a little bit. And the more people started looking into it, the more they said, uh, this seems a little odd. But nonetheless, the media ran with the story. You don't need to uh, look too much into anything these days. If someone says something, uh, as long as they're on the right side of the issue, then it's true. Uh, so Jussie was on with uh, Robin Roberts. Uh, I did an interview with the great Robin Roberts, and uh, he had a couple interesting lines in there. This, I felt, was the most interesting uh, in hindsight. You know, at first, it's, it's like, you know, at first it was a thing of like, listen, if I tell the truth, then that's it, because it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Then it became a thing of like, oh, how can you doubt that? Like, how do you how do you not believe that? It's the truth. And then it became a thing of like, oh, it's not necessarily that you don't believe that this is the truth. You don't even want to see the truth. Ah, yes, the truth will set you free, Jesse. However, it's a little tough because you weren't telling the truth. <laughs> Allegedly. I guess we haven't gotten to the bottom of that yet. But it, it's it's tough because... Yes, it, that that is a thing where if it does happen, there are probably people that would want to turn a blind eye to it and say it doesn't, ha- it doesn't happen in this country and they don't want to believe it for uh, a myriad of reasons. Uh, so I imagine it is tough. But it's not wrong to ask questions, to ask, did that really happen? What? It sounds a little fishy. It's not crazy because uh, I don't think a lynching has happened in this country in a, a number of years. So an attempted one would be, you know, a a, a bit of a surprise to a lot of people. So to look into it is not a crazy thing. But America, as we often do, said, 
Oh, I'm going to jump straight to a conclusion. Uh, this man would never lie because um, he's in uh, different minority groups. So we have to trust him implicitly. And that's what we will do. And that is what Ellen Page did on uh, the Colbert show, uh, Late Night, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Ellen Page, blubbering her eyes out. Connect the dots. This is what happens. If you are in a position of power and you hate people and you want to cause suffering to them, you go through the trouble. You spend your career trying to cause suffering. What do you think is going to happen? Kids are going to be abused and they're going to kill themselves. And people are going to be beaten on the street. <laughs> I have traveled the world and I have met the most marginalized people you can meet. I am lucky to have this time and the privilege to say this. This needs to stop. Shut the fuck up, okay? Shut the fuck up. Oh, Larry, have have some compassion, Larry. Jesus. These people are, are hurt. They're hurt by what's happening. Now, that, for those of you that aren't aware, Ellen Page is on Colbert, and I should have explained. Um, that was the leap that a lot of people in the media and in Hollywood made that uh, this is uh, Donald Trump's fault. It started with her uh, blaming Mike Pence, who is uh, uh, but, uh, Ellen Page is uh, uh, also gay, uh, has a wife, and she said that uh, Mike Pence doesn't want me to have the love with my wife that I have. Now, I would argue he doesn't want you to be able to get married, which is also wrong, I think. But I don't think he cares if you love each other. I don't think he's trying to... I don't know if there are any laws in place that'll stop one person from loving another. That, I would admit, would be very wrong. Uh, so it started with her talking about uh, how Mike Pence is uh, bad for this country and the, the Trump presidency is bad for this country because they breed this this uh, feeling of hate and that uh, more actions like the one done on to Jesse, Jesse Smollett uh, will ha start happening in this country because that's the environment that Trump and his administration have created. However, uh, then we found out uh, it didn't happen. Uh, the two men that jumped Jesse Smollett were uh, Nigerian uh, and they were paid, allegedly, by Jesse Smollett. I hear in the neighborhood of $3,500, which for, you know, a hit, it's not great money. So these guys were working on discount. Um, now, you have to give it to Jesse Smollett by sticking to his guns. And a lot of people don't see the, the true uh, integrity of Jesse Smollett here is um, this was a job historically that would be white men across the board. Historically, if you're trying to set up a hate crime against a black guy, you'd always hire white guys, not Jesse Smollett. When he sets up a hate crime, he gives black workers jobs. And frankly, folks, that's something you're not seeing a lot these days. So Jesse Smollett sticking to his guns by hiring black workers, keeping minorities at work, which is a great thing that Jesse Smollett is doing. Um, so a lot of people say, you know, he doesn't have integrity, he has no morals. I disagree. He's putting people to work in this country. And he's looking out for the little guy. Uh, however, he did falsely report a crime, which is a, a, a big no-no 
especially uh, in a city like Chicago, the murder capital of the country, which it's not, it's not Trump country, but it is the murder, murder capital of America. Uh, so I imagine the police have a bit of a handful with a lot of this stuff going on. So I imagine they don't like it when a guy falsely reports a crime that could have, if people, you know, if this went a certain way, it could have brought some negative attention out of the Chicago Police Department. So I'm sure they don't love that. And I think this will be handled... Uh, I think Jesse Smollett will face the highest extent of the law if he's found guilty. I think they're going to try to make an example out of him. And a lot of people ask, why would Jesse Smollett think he could get away with this? What? What what kind of an idiot do you have to be to think you can get away with something like that? And I'll tell you, you don't have to be that big an idiot. It's not that far-fetched that someone would get away with this. Why? Because of Ellen Page's reaction to it? Because of Robin Roberts not really asking a lot of follow-up questions as to exactly what happened? Why his story changed? Why there were certain oddities to his story? People don't ask follow-up questions. Why? Because you're considered a racist homophobe if you say... Well, you, now, explain to me exactly how that happened. If you look for any sort of evidence, you're considered a bigot, uh, a, a white supremacist, a Nazi, all these words that people don't want to attach to them. So, it's not crazy to think that Jesse Smollett would have gotten away with this because we're all fucking morons. We're all white guilt-ridden pieces of shit that are terrified of looking racist. So... Typically, we say, that's fine. Okay, we're sorry. It, yep, it happened. I'm not going to look into it at all uh, because I don't want to look racist also. It's a problem that will just keep getting worse if we don't start calling people out on their bullshit. Now, I'm not a huge Trump guy. Uh, I don't hate him as much as a lot of people. I don't like him as much as a lot of others. But... When they say that Trump has divided us in this uh, monstrous way, Trump has split this country down the middle. No, he has not. Donald Trump hasn't done that. We've done that to ourselves because of Donald Trump. Because Donald Trump said some things some people don't like and some people that resonates with some people, We've lost our fucking minds. And now we've gone to the extent where at two in the morning, we're tying ropes around our neck, saying that men beat us and yelled the F and N words at us. It's fucking nuts, man. Like, it's a scary time to be in this country. Not because of Donald Trump or because of who's president or who's in office. It's because of us. We're doing it to ourselves. We're eating each other alive. And Jussie Smollett is a guy who there were some rumors that he was going to get written off the show, and then I heard Fox came out and said that that was not the case. Um, and maybe that's why, so maybe that's why he did it. People thought to uh, you know, keep his name out there and uh, maybe heighten his brand so that they wouldn't kick him off the show. Something like that, I guess. is, is one of, That's one of the theories. And it's not crazy to think that that will happen again. It it happened with LeBron. LeBron had that story uh, where people spray painted his house and then it was gone all of a sudden. And, you know, no one really looked a lot into it and people just took it at face value. You had the Adam Jones thing here in Boston 
where uh, Adam Jones said that uh, a fan yelled racial slurs at him. Uh, people questioned it, and Kirk Minahan is one of the guys who questioned it and was labeled as a racist for asking, did that happen? Because that seems a little odd. I've been to Fenway a bunch of my life. I've never heard racial slurs being hurled at players. Uh, so just to question that, you're labeled a racist. So this should open a lot of people's eyes, and of course it won't. But it should open people's eyes to, why would Jesse Smollett think he could get away with this? Well, because we've all told him time and again, you'll probably get away with it. Give it a try. We're not going to look too much into it. That's where we are in this country. The, now, the, the, the mistake that Smollett made is uh, actually reporting it to the police. <laughs> because if he just said, uh, I was attacked last night uh, by these men who were yelling uh, sl- uh, homophobic and racial slurs at me, and they uh, tied a noose around my neck, uh, and I, I didn't go to the cops because, uh, you know, I, so whatever bullshit reason he made up. I believe every man deserves a second shot, whatever the fuck. Then p- no one would have questioned it. It always would have been believed. The, the, the mistake that Jesse made is bringing law enforcement who aren't just going to take political ideology and say, oh, well, he must be telling the truth. We, there's a problem with our generation, my generation specifically, that uh, we're afraid to ask for evidence. Because it's like, well, why, why would he lie about it? I don't know. Why does everyone lie about things at some point in their life? Why do I lie uh, to people all the time? Why do I lie to my friends when they ask me, uh, hey, you want to go out Saturday? And I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm, I'm sick. I'm hanging with the girlfriend, even though she's not around. It's like, I'm just lying because I don't feel like doing that. So people lie about shit all the time. Why would Jesse, Jesse Smollett lie? He's a celebrity. That's the, that's the big thing is I guess we just trust celebrities now, especially if they're gay, I guess. We're just, you know, why would, why would gay people lie? I don't know. Because they're human beings. That's the thing is if we need to start looking at people as just people again. And it shouldn't be that white, straight white men lie and everyone else always tells the truth. Everyone lies. We're all pieces of shit. And that's what I've been trying to tell you guys week in and week out is that we're all pieces of shit. Don't stop putting people above you. Stop putting celebrities above you or any, any groups that go after people. Stop putting them above you. Just say they're people. They should all be treated as people because we all have flaws. We all have shit we'll lie about. We all have shit we'll be brutally honest about. And that's just how the world is. Uh, Jesse Smollett, I, ho- I honestly, I do hope that uh, he is prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, if he's guilty, of course. If it somehow comes out that uh, these Nigerian guys actually were <laughs> uh, living in Trump's America, then hey, Jesse, we apologize. We should have we believed you. You were right. We should have believed you. But you go back to that quote that Smollett had of, Oh, you guys don't want to believe this. No, no. It's not that we don't want to believe. I guess you don't, no one wants to believe that that happens in the place they live. But it's not that we don't want to believe it as much as we're kind of just making sure it's true. I have a guy. Now, let me ask you this. this is, we're not supposed to ask questions. I had a guy I used to work with that uh, told me um, he sold a movie script for $100,000. Meanwhile, he was making minimum wage at the job I knew him at. 
Uh, he told me he sold a movie script for $100,000. He uh, discovered Snooki. He worked in reality television, and he discovered Snooki. Um, he used to spar with Ronda Rousey. They were, they were friends. Uh, he, he fought Cain Velasquez in high school. He wrestled Cain Velasquez, and he lost, but Cain Velasquez came up to him after the fight and said, hey, you, you really showed some guts out there, man. Um, he did stand up at the Laugh Factory. Uh, he opened for Joe Rogan. Uh, he has a 42-inch vertical leap, I think. Uh, he, these are all things he's told me. And now, this is a guy just talking to me, telling me these things. Now, let me ask Jesse Smollett and the rest of you. Should I have just said, all right, I guess that's true, because <laughs> you're a person telling me that. Why would I ever look into it? Why would I ever think that that could be complete bullshit? Uh, I don't know, because it doesn't sound right. Now, maybe, all, maybe he's the most accomplished minimum wage worker in America. Maybe he's really, he's really got something. Um, but, I, you know, I, I asked some questions. I said, well, why? How did you do all that by the age of 27? That seems like a lot to... Oh, he was also a chef for 10 years in that amount of time. So the time didn't add up. So I started saying, why? How? how? All these things. And uh, it turns out... If you can believe it, none of those things were true. And how do I know that? Because I started digging a little deeper. So if you start digging a little deeper on Jesse Smollett, it doesn't mean you don't believe him. It doesn't mean he's not a great guy. It means you have an inkling and you say, let me put my mind at ease here and look a little deeper into it. That's not racist. It's not homophobic as much as we want it to be, as much as our generation needs a struggle so desperately. That's what I get the most from people around my age is that um, we didn't go through uh, Jim Crow laws. We didn't go through any of uh, the, the awful shit that happened from slavery to now. We are in a generation that had legal, uh, uh, gay marriage legalized across the country. Uh, so that isn't really an issue for us, the, the, the stuff that uh, gay youths had to deal with for years and years in this country before that. Um, so we don't have a struggle anymore. And we need one so desperately that we've created this idea that Nazis are back in the country. <laughs> and that's what we're fighting off. And we want it to be true so badly that we'll make up false police reports. So I hope that Jesse Smollett is uh, prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, if he's guilty, because... That shit needs to stop more than anything else. It's fine if you want to call... It's not fine. But if you want to call people Nazis and white supremacists, there's nothing I can do about that. But there is something the law can do about you filing false police reports, wasting the cops' time, turning the media against people. It's That shit needs to stop more than anything. And I hope it does. Um, and speaking of the media, big changes in media. You know, Jesse Smollett, small potatoes. The Red Sox have a new broadcast crew. And it might be the weirdest goddamn thing. I, the weirdest decision I've ever seen in my life. So, for those of you that don't know, back in, like, November, the Red Sox told uh, Tim Neverett, well, I guess back in August, they told Tim Neverett, uh, one of their play-by-play -play guys, to uh, kick rocks. We don't need you here anymore. You don't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, so then in the off season, they started looking for a new broadcast team 
Joe Castiglione has been in the booth for uh, roughly 3,000 years, but uh, they need another guy with him. Um, so it was reported that what they were going to do is try and create more of a talk show vibe. And uh, Joey Zambrano, the rap, immediately disputed that. Said, no, 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 I don't want, God forbid there be publicity, positive publicity about our station for a day. I will nip that right in the bud and say, no, it's not true. Uh, even though it kind of was true. They kind of were looking for something different. Uh, maybe not a talk show per se, but more of a, you know, a, a conversational broadcast. So now what they're doing is, and I thought it was odd that spring training had started and there wasn't officially a, an announcing team for Red Sox Radio. So they announced they're going to have play-by-play guys. Joe Castiglione's coming back. But they're also having Sean McDonough, Chris Berman, and uh, a couple other guys that I never heard of. Lou Merloni will be in- involved, Dave O'Brien, and then uh, the other names I-, I was completely unfamiliar with. I don't know where they come from or where they have been, but they will also be involved with the Red Sox broadcast booth in some sort of a rotating fashion. Uh, now, this is bizarre. <laughs> And kind of, it's frankly, it's pretty dumb. Because the reason they're doing this is, in my opinion, uh, because Joe Castiglione has been there forever, and they're afraid of making a decision of just getting rid of him and having, you know, Sean McDonough and Lou Maloney be the announcing team. That's how it looks to me. Uh, And, you know, Zambrano the Rat is always afraid of making any decisive moves. He's willing to dip his toe into the water, but not get all the way in, unless uh, there's some Tinder broad in there waiting for him. So now you've got this, oh, Dale Arnold is involved. It's, you've got a lot of the, I like Merloni and I like uh, McDonough. That should be the booth, Merloni and McDonough. Um, and I like the idea of Berman because it's interesting. He's a name. He's uh, silly. You know, Mookie, place your bets. We'll get shit like that this year. To rival uh, John Sterling. Um, so that I'm all right with. But the other, just bringing in these no-name, boring guys that we've all seen and heard before. It's the same boring shit, which is why WEI is in the position they're in. And we'll get into that. I think there's a couple questions about that. Um, it's, it's the same reason where they're afraid... They're petrified of having a guy like uh, Kirk Minahan on the air because they could get in trouble for what he says. But they're also petrified of being completely boring because then you, you'll lose ratings. Then you're just the station that carries the Red Sox and nothing more. So they're afraid to ever make a decision one way or the other. They're just, I, oddly enough, they're just as afraid to say we're going to be edgy, and an interesting radio as they are to be completely bland and boring. They're e- equally f- afraid of either side. So that's why you have the, the mess they're in during the day. It's why you have the mess they're in uh, in the Red Sox booth. And, you know, frankly, I think it's that's always going to be the case when you have a guy as program director who's just looking to appease his bosses. You know, when there needs to be a guy who's willing to say, hey, 
I'm going to get fired either way. <laughs> you know, if whether it's Dale Arnold ruining my career or the guy I choose, if the ratings suck, I'm going to get fired. So let me take some risks here. Let me say fuck the bosses as much as I can and try to put my stamp on this so that if it succeeds, then my job will be saved. There will never be a guy uh, in that role because that's not what they want. So Joey's the perfect guy there. He'll be there until it's deemed they're too much of a failure. And then they'll get another pencil pusher in there that'll do exactly what he's told. And then when that doesn't work, he'll get fired. And it's this line of guys that get fired until a Kirk Minahan comes back into the mix. Until they get lucky and have a guy that can save the station, put the station on his back, and generate ratings. That's the only way. There's never a program director looking for people. How many times, and, and I'm not talking about me, but I am in a way saying maybe they should have given me a shot, but when Barstool was here, did you ever hear Coley Mick or Jared Carabas or these guys on EEI, these guys that are huge stars now? Did you ever hear them get a shot? Or Rear Admiral, other than when Christian Arcan would let them? You never heard these guys get a shot because they're they're petrified of letting them on. Rear Admiral did have a little bit of a shot. Uh, and to be to be honest, I thought Rear Admiral got kind of a bad break. He's an interesting guy. Um, on WEI, they made him kind of look kind of like a, a doofus. But uh, Rear Admiral is an interesting guy. But where you know you had Barstool here, which is the biggest thing on the planet now you had it right in your backyard for years you didn't use any of those guys um except portnoy because you knew he could get your ratings whenever he would come on but you know young people never get a town you know what i'll, I'll answer this in question there, there's a couple good questions about it so i'll get more into it there but it's just this lack of vision i talk about it all the time and i realize it's ironic that i'm the one talking about it but a, a complete lack of vision that these people have and that's what the, e, the the Red Sox booth is representative of that in that it's um, we're almost we're close to a good idea. We're close to something interesting, but we're never going to do it. We'll never have the guts to actually pull the trigger and do it. Um, what do we have for time, Jimmy? I want to know if I should get into this topic or just go right to questions. Half hour? Mm-hmm. Eh, you know what? Fuck it. So can you play clips that I haven't told you to pull? Can Will they be able to hear that or no? Yeah, I, just, I just have to pull it up on YouTube. Yeah, look up. Um, <laughs> that's kind of giving away what I'm talking about. But look up Joe Rogan, Alex Jones, uh, Planet of the Apes. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I should have told Jimmy to pull that before. That's my bad. Um, for those of you that don't know, there's this Alex Jones, Joe Rogan beef. And it goes back to, it's a lot of different things, but Alex Jones is this conspiracy theorist guy. He's a bit of a nut, uh, but he's got crazy following on InfoWars or wherever the hell he does his show. And uh, he was a buddy of Joe Rogan. That's I kind of got into him because uh, Opie and Anthony would talk about him a lot, and then Joe Rogan would have him on his podcast. And Alex Jones, he's a guy, he's, he's a nut conspiracy theorist, but, uh, you know, every blind squirrel finds a nut, as they say. There are things he's right about, like uh, banking and the housing crisis I think he got right years ago, stuff like that. So, um... He's a polarizing guy, and he's been deplatformed. Uh, he's banned from Twitter, YouTube, I believe iTunes as well now, um, all because 
you know, there, there hasn't been really a reason given. It's that basically he says things that you're not supposed to say in this world. But you look at free speech laws, <laughs> that's not right. You know what I mean? Just because Alex Jones says things, if, if, if these are all public platforms, YouTube and Twitter and iTunes, if these are all things anyone can use, then you shouldn't be taken down for giving political opinions that people don't like. So uh, Joe Rogan has always had this guy on, but they had a bit of a falling out. Alex Jones thinks... So I think basically Joe Rogan thought Alex Jones was too much of a nut to keep having on his show. <laughs> Which, understandable. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't want to promote that shit. Joe Rogan's for free speech and all that, but sometimes you don't want to promote certain things, or sometimes it's not worth the headache of people you know, calling you a racist because you have a guest on or whatever. So I think he cooled down on having Alex Jones on. I think there's a little more to it. Alex Jones started saying that Joe Rogan is part of basically like the Illuminati. Like Joe Rogan is part of this this liberal movement in Hollywood and he's been brainwashed by these people. Um, so now there's been an attack on Joe Rogan from Alex Jones and uh, Owen Benjamin and guys like that, people of that ilk. Um, so... Now they're not get uh, so Joe Rogan had Jack Dorsey on the guy who created Twitter, and Rogan was got a lot of crit- it's the most criticism I've ever heard Rogan get for an interview because he wasn't particularly tough on Jack Dorsey, and he asked Jack Dorsey why was Alex Jones deplatformed, and Jack Dorsey gave kind of a mumbling answer ah uh, you know I don't know specifically ah, uh, and Joe Rogan kind of accepted that and moved on. So a lot of Alex Jones fans were pissed about that. Um, and then Alex Jones started a war that really bothers me that people on his side are getting into. Uh, let me just play the clip. I think it's very short, right? Uh, I can only find – it's like a 15-minute video. Oh, really? So, yeah, so I don't, I don't have anything right now. You know what? Just start it. If that, start that. It might be what I was looking for. It might only be the first – 30 seconds that I need. Sorry, folks. I should have done this before. That's my bad. Um, but if we can find it, I thought it was interesting. What's going on, y'all? I hope you're having a good No, with- that's not it. All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> find it on your own time, folks. <laughs> we apologize. But yeah, so look up. Basically, Joe Rogan made a joke about uh, walking into a movie theater in uh, like a black neighborhood and said, like, we walked into... Planet of the Apes. Again, I hate doing that. That's why I wanted to play it, is because I hate repeating jokes, because I'm not going to deliver it the way Joe Rogan delivers it. You're not going to get the full context of it, everything like that. So, I hate even doing that, but that's the gist of the joke. It was a racial joke, yes. Joe Rogan's not a racist. That's silly. But, yes, it was a racial joke. Um, You can kind of say similar to what Roseanne got in trouble for. So, a lot of people look at that and say, well, if Roseanne got in trouble, uh, then Joe Rogan should as well. So Alex Jones started this attack on Joe Rogan, saying Joe Rogan's a racist now. And here's the problem I have with that. Is it's this, this idea that for years, people on the left would attack everyone that made jokes or gave opinions that they didn't agree with. And people on the right and people on Alex Jones' side would say, this is anti-free speech. This is going against... Everything our Constitution represents. Now, it's swung the other way. 
and people were kind of starting to say, you know, political correctness has gone too far. We were getting that a little bit. Political correctness has run amok. But then you start getting the Alex Joneses of the world, who when the attention is shifted to them, they're the, the you know, political party in power. The, the attention is mostly on them. Now they use the same tactics. And when people go after them, they go after speech and jokes and opinions. And it's this bullshit that just keeps repeating itself. And for these alt-right assholes and these, these Alex Jones conspiracy theorist guys that are giving Jussie Smollett shit right now, in a way you're doing the same thing. You're not f- falsely reporting a crime, but you're making up a narrative that you want to be true. You're saying Joe Rogan's a racist because you want negative things to happen to Joe Rogan. You're taking things that people are saying out of context. You're moving them around. You're shifting them into now this person's a racist, even though you don't believe that in your your heart. Alex Jones knows Joe Rogan is not a racist, but he's going to go after him for that because he feels Joe Rogan wronged him. So it's this never-ending cycle of bullshit where people are just going to call each other racist and call each other homophobic. And because there's so much content available now, it's hard to decipher what's true and what isn't. And I I, I started thinking about this recently because I forget who I was referring to. Let's use Alex Jones as the example. I forget exactly who I was referring to, but let's say I didn't know much about Alex Jones, which I do know a fair amount. Um, but if I didn't know Alex Jones, my summary of him would be, um, oh, yeah, he's that racist conspiracy theory guy. And then you look at it a little more and you realize, oh, wait, there's nothing, there's no real evidence of him being racist. He's a conspiracy theory nut. But I don't know if there's any evidence of him being racist or uh, bigoted in any way. But this narrative has been put on him because people don't like his political ideology. And that's exactly what Alex Jones is doing to Joe Rogan, is he's trying to brand him as a racist so that people say, fuck Joe Rogan, and Joe Rogan stops getting sponsors on his show and starts losing viewers and downloads and all that shit. And it's, it, th- that is never going to end. What could end all of that bullshit, what could get Alex Jones back on iTunes and Twitter and YouTube, is if we all stopped doing that. <laughs> If we all stopped crying racism and homophobia and xenophobia and all this shit when we know it's not the case. Jesse Smollett said something interesting. They don't even want it to be true. Meaning the people that were criticizing him. Jesse Smollett doesn't want it to be true that there's not as much racism in this country as it's made out to be. And that there's not as much homophobia. And that your typical person when you ask him on the street... Don't know who the fuck Jesse Smollett or Alex Jones are. Most people have their own problems to deal with. Most people don't have the luxury of uh, Hollywood and entertainment that they can obsess over mindless issues all day and create these problems of racism and homophobia in this country because they have fucking bills to pay. They have to get their kids to school on time and make sure they can pay for college and all this. Make sure they don't get fired from their jobs. People have real problems to worry about. And we're at this weird point now where we look to guys like Jussie Smollett or Alex Jones, who aren't, they're not 
They're not people. <laughs> they're not working real jobs or, or they don't have real problems. They make up problems to have. And that's who we look to for guidance, I guess. When it should be, someone criticized me for not doing enough research last week on the Esquire article because I didn't mention that the author was a woman. And I was like, hey, listen, you shouldn't be coming to this show for guidance. If you want to be entertained for 30 minutes or an hour, that's what I want to do. I hope I'm entertaining you. And if I'm not doing that, then you can absolutely criticize me all day. Then I'm not doing my job. But if you don't find the blind intern from Barstool who just does a podcast on YouTube in his messy office, if you don't find him insightful enough for you, then move on to something else. That's fine. I'm not supposed to be insightful. I'm supposed to be a little silly, hopefully funny, hopefully interesting. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not uh, Walter Cronkite. You shouldn't be getting your news from me. And that, you know, you shouldn't be getting your news from Alex Jones or Jussie Smollett or any of these people. All right? Just lighten the fuck up, people. I say it all the time. Eventually, someone's going to hear me. Right? I'm not just uh, Charlie Brown kicking the football. Eventually, you people are going to listen to me. Now, let's get to questions. I avoided talking about the uh, EEI stuff, the EEI ratings, because uh, a, lot, there were, a lot of the questions were centered around that. So... Let's get to that, Jimmy. You got the uh, questions up? I do. First, we have breaking news in the sports world. What's that? That we can break live here on Trash Talk. Ooh! Manny Machado has agreed to a 10-year, $300 million deal (laughs) with the San Diego Padres. What? Oh, my God. That came out of nowhere. I, I have no... I don't know. I don't have a take on it yet. I don't even know what to, to think about it. Wow, what a waste of money for the Padres! Like Man- Manny Machado would make the Red Sox or the Yankees or the Dodgers better. He's not going to make the Padres better. He might as well stay on the Orioles. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. What a wow. That's well. All right. So now Harper will sign with the Phillies, and then we'll be done with that. I just got another report that says. Harper's not completely sold on the Phillies. This, this came in about two Folks, <laughs> baseball. <laughs> baseball is in full swing. Get your baseball news here on Trash Talk for live breaking news. So Manny Machado's a Padre. Yeah. Uh, we'll take your questions on that next week. Next week, a full Manny Machado breakdown here on Trash Talk. Um, all right, what are the uh, questions for this week? All right. Uh, so A-N-D says, given your experience, do you think Joe Zarbano has been unfairly criticized for his decisions that were actually made by his superiors? Uh, at Pray for Curtis recently made an in- some interesting comments to this effect. Yes. Um, surprisingly, yes, I do think Zambrano... He said Zambrano, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I was going to say, there's another name that people say to me that I don't know what that is. But Zambrano, yes, I would say has been unfairly criticized uh for the kirk thing um i i don't think the guy is particularly bright i don't think he's got any ounce of balls inside of him but and i i i don't think he knows talent very well and i think that's evident by his radio station uh but for the kirk thing that is not his fault i think he at least understood how valuable kirk was but in a decision that important goes well above 
a guy like that. Like a guy like Zambrano is, you know, they give him the, the kids stuff. When the big boys have to make a decision, they let him go play with his blocks and and they make their their man's decisions. Uh, Zambrano's not involved with that really. Uh, I don't so I, yeah, I don't think he's good at his job. That's what you should criticize him for. Being very bad at his job and kind of a weirdo who doesn't make eye contact with people. But uh for the Kirk thing, yeah, he, he has been definitely unfairly criticized. What else we got? Globespot asks if WEEI fired Joey and hired you as PD, what would what would your realistic ideal lineup look like to go against the sports hub? Sports hub with the loss of Kirk at WEI looks unstoppable. And he, he kind of rambles here. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the gist of the question? What would I do if I was PD? Um, so that's a good question. Because I've, I've thought about that a lot. PD is where, a program director is where guys who have failed at radio go, basically. Like if you stuck around long enough, but you're a failure on air and producing and all that, uh, then you become a program director. So I've thought about that when I look at my life and I say, am I a failure? Could I become a program director? Um, and so I, so I think about that a lot, and I think I have a better grasp uh, of what would work. Um, so you're saying Kirk is not available. Uh, the one thing I would do, first and foremost, that would be the easiest to get done, is I would make Alex Reamer a staple of the morning show. Uh, full-time, I guess it would be Mutt Callahan and Reamer. Um, you don't have to put his name in the title because I'm sure that petrifies people, but it feels most like a show when Alex Reamer or Tomasi are on there. And I don't think Tomasi would do it five days a week. Um, and I think Reamer, you know, if you need to uh, bully someone into not saying anything too edgy, I think Reamer is that guy. I think Reamer can be manipulated into not saying anything too crazy in order to save his job. Um, I love Mutt. So it'd be t- it, it, if you're asking me to make a, a loyalty decision, I would stick with Mutt because Mutt's my guy. If you're asking me to make a business decision, I try and get Jim Murray and make Murray Callahan and Reamer. Um, I don't know what Murray's getting paid over there. I imagine hosting a morning show or hosting any show, would pay more than a sports flash guy. And by the way, I've been trying to get Jim Murray on this show. He said he'd come on, and then he stopped responding. Tweet at Big Jim Murray and tell that cocksucker you want him on Trash Talk. Um, the Scally Boys will be in full force. Uh, so I'd try and get Jim Murray, and I would try and get Hardy from the Sports Hub. I would give Dale Arnold the boot. And I would make Hardy and Keefe in middays. I'd leave Keefe there because I think Hardy and Keefe could be a more laid-back show. It won't be, you know, fans of Kirk and Callahan probably still wouldn't like it. But that would be a a more fun show. And um, honestly, the afternoon show I would leave uh, alone for now. I would let them get their bearings. Give them another year or however long, you know, six months and uh, see if they start to get their footing a little bit. Because I believe that's a good show and I believe eventually they will start and take some ratings from Felger and Maz, even though, boy, if you look at those numbers, they certainly haven't started to yet. Uh, But I think they will down the road. And then, honestly, here's what I would have tried at night, which I was amazed. And this is kind of what I was talking about with Joey, is I would have put 
me and Lucy Burge at night, six to ten. Um, because you know, me and Lucy are both younger. We would have brought in a younger audience, maybe that wasn't there. Uh, we could have, we would have talked about some silly shit, and also. Lucy kind of annoys me in certain ways that I think it would have been good on the... Once I was comfortable enough with her to call them out, I think that'd be good. Like, I think if you listen to the podcast with me and her, I'm not quite as willing to call her on some of her bullshit or what I perceived as bullshit. Um, but that comes with time and chemistry. Um, so I would have tried me and Lucy there, maybe. And then Gilroy, I like at night. Gilroy's a good guy to have uh, overnight. Or you could flip-flop. Me and Lucy with Gilroy. Put Gilroy 6 to 10. Um, that time slot doesn't matter as much. Uh, but I like Gilroy a lot at night. So that would be it. Uh, Murray, Reamer, and Callahan. Uh, Hardy and Keefe. And then I'd leave the afternoon show alone. That's the best realistic option. Again, if you can't have Kirk, obviously I'm not going to put myself in the mix. Um, and then, you know, you can't uh, bring in any of the any any names that are crazy big because why would they come here? Um, so that would be the lineup that I would have now to try and save the station. Um, next question. All right, this is a good one. Mike, DJ Dirty Beagle wants to know, why the fuck are you Republican? What have they <laughs> ever done it. for you? <laughs> I saw that before the show. Why, so the question was, why the fuck am I Republican? And my answer would be, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a Republican. Um... It's funny, and I, I would criticize this guy for, like, what the fuck makes you think that? But I remember I used to get this when I would go on late night with Christian Arcand. Um, he asked me once, because I guess he was getting tweets when he said he was having me on. He goes, hey, are you alt-right? And I said, no, what do you mean? He said, I'm getting these tweets, like, why would you have an alt-right guy on your show? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I get, that's, that's where we are, where, because I don't say... Trump is a Nazi. I guess I'm a Republican. Um, but I, I didn't vote for him. I've never voted for anyone. And uh, likely I never will. Because uh, You know, I take that back. I, I should vote Libertarian because I guess that's closest to my beliefs. I'm not for, like, a, you know, a lawless government. But Libertarian would be closest to what I believe in, I guess. Um, so I should vote Libertarian. But uh, really the reason I, I've never voted and, and don't really care to is because uh, I think more often than not, and even with Trump-Hillary, as much as you don't want to believe it, more often than not, it's going to be the same bullshit. We're going to slightly move one way, certain things are going to be better for certain people, and then we're going to slightly move back the other way based on whether the person is wearing a red, a red tie or a blue tie. But other than that, it doesn't really affect the country as dramatically. It's all the same bullshit artists spinning you a different web of lies. Um, so I'm not a Republican, is the answer, the short answer to that question. All right, Lauren Lynn. She's always got good ones, I've noticed. When college kids make karaoke videos singing rap songs with the N-word outrage, they're just stupid and should know better, or is it the world the words in the song, so who cares? So is that a thing now? Kids are making karaoke videos and people are giving them shit for... I guess so. So... Obviously. Obviously. First of all, it's karaoke. The words come up on the screen for you to say. So, yeah, of course. And even, like, Ice Cube has said it. Of course, if people are a fan of my music and they want to sing along with it, of course I don't have a problem with that. 
you shouldn't put out that content if you don't want if you say that only certain people are allowed to be a fan of my product well then that's of course inherently bigoted and i don't think i don't think there's any rapper that would care if white people are fans of them well i take that back i'm sure there are some but if you want to be mass marketed i don't think you care what race of people likes your shit as long as they're liking it people know the line of course people know that if you're using words and anger that there's a different intent than singing karaoke songs or tweeting rap lyrics like uh, Josh Allen did. It's silly. It's a silly question. Of course, that should be overlooked, especially if they're fucking kids. They don't know the. They don't realize that what they're doing is going to be twisted by adults, and that we're going to say, "Should they know better?" No, they're fucking kids. Leave them alone. Uh, yeah, obviously it's ridiculous, Lauren. You know that. Come on, baby. You know that by now. All right. This one's from MC Warriors 09. Seeing as WEI deleted your old feed, would you ever get into your mental health battles again on the new pod? Yeah. Um, if it, if the timing called for it, I'm not going to get into it today. But uh, yeah, for anyone that doesn't uh, listen, didn't listen to the old show, I did an episode. Uh, about you know depression and uh, certain things that uh, I've dealt with, and that was representative of uh, the state I was in at that time. Um, things are going pretty good right now, so. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely be willing to talk about this. Not not today, but I'll, I'll get into it at some point. Uh, Drunk Eric Curtis said, "Host of the Minifan Show." Exactly. Uh, how do you? S- how do you see as the most, or I think you meant, who do you Who's, see as the most underrated talent in the Boston market currently? Who's most overrated? And Patrick Gilroy actually replied, hmm. Yeah, of course Gilroy noses his way into me choosing him. He, he wants, so de- I know he listens every week, and he wants so desperately for me to say, oh, of course Gilroy's criminally underrated. He's the best talent in Boston. Get the fuck out of here, Gilroy. Stick Stick to 10 p.m. where you belong. Um, no, Gilroy is... Honestly, Gilroy is underrated. And, uh, you know, the problem I have with Gilroy is not not a problem, but what I always thought was that me and him were good together or uh, when he would do when he would call in or uh, come in studio with Minahan, he was a lot better when he wasn't just talking sports. He seemed more relaxed, and, and it was interesting to hear. And Gilroy is a guy that can talk about, uh, you know, depression and stuff like that that he's opened up about. Um, so Gilroy is an interesting guy. I don't know that he's the most underrated, though. Um, I guess I can't say Big Jim Murray is really underrated because ever, that's the guy everyone says. When you say who's most underrated, you would come up with Big Jim Murray. Um, so most probably underpaid, I would imagine, is Big Jim because he supplements the most overrated guy, which I'll mention in a second. Um, Hardy, I think, is very good. So if you're talking just radio guys in the market, I guess it would be one of those two. Um, Hardy or Murray, probably the most underrated. And uh, and I, I like Christian Arcan, but I think he's probably rated appropriately. Arcan should probably be hosting that show over Adam Jones. I like Arcan more than Adam Jones, but um, I don't think he's like, criminally underrated. I, I, I like Arcan; He's good. Um, and most overrated by far is Tony Maserati. You could slide Jim Murray over to there. 
uh, into his seat. And that show, not only would it not skip a beat, I think it would get better. I think Felger and Murray would be a better show than Felger and Maz. Um, I guess when Merloni first started, when the Sports Hub first started, they offered Merloni that seat. It was going to be Felger and Merloni. I think that would have been a better show. I even think Michael Holly um, would have been better with Michael Felger than Matt. I think Felger and Holly would have been a better show than Felger and Matt. I think Maz adds nothing other than I guess he can agitate people by just saying the opposite of what everyone thinks. I don't know if you consider that a skill, but just saying the opposite of what you're supposed to say. The guy has no you know basketball or hockey knowledge, which is fine. You could question how much basketball or hockey knowledge I have, particularly hockey. But that's why I do a show that doesn't stick strictly to sports. I think it's weird to have a guy in Tony Maz who said hockey talk was awful and boring and why do we even do it? And then when it became beneficial to him, now he's fucking Mr. Hockey. Um, yeah, so I think Maz is criminally overrated. Uh, but underrated, uh, yeah, I guess maybe Hardy or Big Jim or Patrick Gilroy because he's going to whine until I lump him into that crew. Um, the problem with Gilroy is... I'd like Gilroy, you know, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., but he can't because he works a regular job. So it's tough. Like, I'd like to hear Gilroy on the air more, but it's just tough with his uh, schedule, which apparently Mark James thinks is him being a, a pussy, I guess. Providing for his family is uh, the act of a, a coward, according to Mark James. So it tells you what kind of guy that is. Uh, do we have any more questions? Uh, well, we have Mark Hannon's balls. Uh, talking about Mark James. Huh. Uh, so what are your thoughts on the BJBSJ theory that it was Mark James harassing women that got him hired by Joey Z? Seems like a stretch to me, but be careful they pounce on dissenting opinions. Yeah, so I guess what that is is this BJBSJ, which I don't, I don't have any idea what that stands for, and I thought I was missing out on something because I see that hashtag all the time. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? But then... Uh, the guys on the Minifan show didn't know what it was either. So if they don't know, then no one knows. Those guys dig deeper than anyone on this shit. They're psychopaths. So any any issue revolving uh, uh, Boston sports media, they have the their finger on the pulse of. So I don't know where that uh, abbreviation comes from. but So that's where I got my ratings that I tweeted out for EI, where uh, the, the afternoon show is getting beaten 20-fold by Felger and Maz in 18 to 34. Uh, they're getting doubled by them overall in men. Um, Dale and Holly are getting tripled. I'm sorry, Dale and Keefe are getting tripled by Zolak and Bertrand in the ratings. Um, so they tweeted out that those ratings. Someone sent them to me from them, and I just tweeted out a screenshot of the ratings, not thinking anything of it. And I started getting tweets like, why aren't you giving us credit? And I was like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to. I thought this was just public information. Um, and then I heard on the Minifan show that those ratings might not be exact. They tweeted out. So this BJBSJ thing, I don't know. That's over my head a little bit. I'm not totally familiar with it. But to answer your question, Mark Hannon's balls, um, do, I think, do I think Zambrano the Rat hired Mark James because he's a pervert? No, I don't. I think uh, Zambrano's a creep himself, but no, I don't believe that his creepy tendencies factor into his hiring process at all. Uh, that just seems like stuff started on the internet that uh, people want to move forward. But 
Yeah, no, uh, the, the ratings of EEI overall are, are tough to look at if you're a guy who grew up listening to EEI. Like, I, like that, that's a historic station, really. Um, and, you know, it's so evident. I said this on Twitter. WEI lost. Uh, the Sports Hub was created. WEI started tanking. Kirk Minahan comes into town. Ratings do great. Station thrives. Get rid of Kirk Minahan. Station tanks immediately. Now, I don't see well, but this seems like a pretty straightforward pattern that I'm seeing displayed in front of me. So, that's just what happens when you get rid of a talent like that. Um, and, you know, that's kind of, that's that's really beyond Zambrano or anyone else's control. You know, it's it's tough to get rid of a a guy like that and maintain the same ratings. Um, was that it for questions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw some, I think the end of that Blobe guys uh, question, which Blobe is a, another loyal listener. So I appreciate your question, sir. Um, but I, I think I saw something at the end of it. Like, was there any, any uh, news on Kirk and uh, no, and actually me and uh, young Jimmy, my producer, were discussing before the, uh, the show that someone put it like, uh, like when you're, you know, you're talking to a young lady and, uh, you know, you're flirting back and forth and then conversation kind of stops and then she'll say something and then you'll reply and then you don't get a reply back and you just wait for a while. The ball is in her court. So that's the kind of, I guess, the deal with uh, with that show. Um, you know, I'm kind of just waiting to hear. I don't know what the deal is. Once they announce that they have a producer... Hopefully uh, things fall in the line. Hopefully I didn't do anything that screwed up my chances, whether it be um, the the truck day stunt, as they've called it, or uh, any of my dumb fucking tweets or anything. Uh, hopefully I haven't ruined my chances there. But yeah, still waiting to hear, and I'm, I'm hoping to hear back about that soon because I can only sit here in silence in obscurity for so long. Um, so, in case I don't get that job, here's what I need from you people. I need you to check out blindsidepods.com. I need you to check out my show, check out On Tap, and any of the new shows we'll be adding soon. And uh, subscribe on iTunes, give a five-star review. Make sure you subscribe on Stitcher everywhere else. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, that's big as well. You get notifications whenever we go live. And make sure to tell... Well, here's what most... Tell a friend at Blindside Pods on Twitter and Instagram at BlindMike underscore. Uh, I love all of you, and I hope you are back with us next week. And uh, you know, don't go home with hope. Goodbye.